Sunday the 31st of December 2023 The first Sunday of Christmas So uh, today at St John the Evangelist Church at Gressingham which is one of my churches and parishes we are celebrating our patronal festival a festival where we remember and celebrate the person of John the Evangelist so in a, uh, a deviation from the usual lectionary reading, the gospel reading we're using today is from the Gospel of John, chapter 21, beginning at verse 19. Jesus said this to indicate the type, kind of death by which he would glorify God, and after this he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. And he was the one who had reclined next to Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw John, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? Jesus said to him, If it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? Follow me. So the rumour spread in the community that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus not, did not say to him he would not die, but if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testified to these things and has written them. And we know that his testimony is true. But there are also many other things that Jesus did. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Anybody who has seen my study will know that I have a lot of books. Many, many books, in fact. I did sort them out and get rid of over a hundred before we moved house, but somehow the shelves have got topped up again. Now, as I was preparing for the celebrating um, uh, St. John the Evangelist, my mind went straight to a book that I studied while I was at Theological College. In fact, I think it was published about that time. And fortunately, it's still on my shelf. It's a book by Alan Hirsch and Tim Ketchum called The Permanent Revolution, um, Apostolic Imagination and Practice for the 21st Century Church. And I went straight to chapter one, which has the snappy title, Activating the Theogenetic Codes of Apest Ministry. Make sense to you yet? Uh, no, I expect not. What I found most helpful as this book opened was Apest Ministries. That is A-P-E-S-T and it stands for the following. A. Apostles. In the generic sense, these are people sent to pioneer something new. For example, teachers called to turn failing schools around. People who start movements of sorts, architect systems or start entrepreneurial business ventures. Can we see non-Christian people who fit into this category? 
definitely. P is for prophets. Prophets tend to be visionaries, but in a very different sense. They often have a very keen sense in issues of justice, environmental responsibility or the creative arts. Are such people outside the church? Of course. E is for evangelists. Evangelists are particularly gifted at enthusing others about what they stand for, selling the significance of their work, company or product outside the group itself. They are easy to spot. P is for pastors. Pastors are those with a special concern for seeing and affirming what is human within structures. They might not be the most appropriate people to put together a policy for addressing things, but if they are not part of uh, delivering the policy, you're going to be in trouble. And finally, T stands for teachers. Teachers are those who are effective trainers and inspirers of learning. They are philosophers, thinkers, people who understand ideas and how they shape human life. Do such non-Christians exist? No-brainer. So this book views apest, apostles, prophets, evangelists, um, pastors, that's the S somehow, because that also stands for shepherds, I should, sorry, I should have said, and teachers. So apest, uh, the book is very much focused at looking for these people outside the church and helping them understand their calling. But actually, I think it's quite helpful within the church to see it too. And today, celebrating uh, St. John the Evangelist, I want to have a look at evangelism and ev those who are called to an evangelist ministry. Now, I have been uh, uh, told or accused of being all these different things uh, at some point. Uh, the apest, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, can behave like a sort of enneagram or character building thing. We, we probably have elements of all these things in us. Actually, if I had to label myself, I'm probably closer to uh, being a prophet than the other ministries. But there are elements of shepherding, teaching, uh, the leadership in apostle uh, work that I do. And I would argue that's true of everybody. Now, in a Christian community, ideally, we will have a good mix of people who have different leaning towards these different types of work and ministries and will draw in the others as well. But as I said, today I want to focus on evangelism because we celebrate St John the Evangelist. And I want to prove, and will be later today, proving to my congregation that we are all evangelists. Evangelists basically are storytellers. I'm a storyteller. I love telling stories. So take, for example, a story about something that mattered to me this Christmas. Well, Christmas has kind of got upended in one of our routines because for years I have celebrated the Midnight Mass or the 11.30pm Holy Communion service, getting home around 12.30, quarter to one. For many years it was a time when my husband and I would then be quietly wrapping gifts while having a glass of Prosecco together um, and get to bed between two and three in the morning knowing that we were going to be getting up early with excited children. 
those children are now young adults and came with us to that service. So instead of getting home uh, to quietly have a moment together, we had a family moment, still opening a bottle of Prosecco, but actually opening gifts for each other already prepared before we ever got to that point. And so what has become a, a quiet moment at Christmas for mum and dad in the early hours of Christmas morning has become a joyous sharing as a family, as a whole. Uh, and the boost is that we get a bit of a lion in the morning as well. That's my story. A story where I found a moment of new joy in new routine in the early hours of Christmas morning. So over to you. In less than a minute, I've told you a short story about something that mattered to me at Christmas. It may be a moment of joy. It may be a moment of peace. But whether after you've listened to this podcast or pausing it now, think of a way in which you could share in a minute or two a story of something that mattered to you at Christmas, a moment that you were able to hold to celebrate the season in a profound and deep way of joy or peace. So having uh, paused or taking time afterwards to think that, it's my proof in a way that everyone is an evangelist because everyone tells stories whether they realise it or not. Some may deliberately do that and be skilled in shaping stories. Others are just having a good uh, chat over a cup of tea or coffee. But actually, you're storytelling. Now, the same sort of exercise could be done for the other ministries of prophecy and uh, shepherding and that sort of thing. But today, I'm concentrating on St John. I'm going to read a piece about John Apostle and Evangelist from the book Exciting Holiness. Whether or not John the Apostle and John the Evangelist are one and the same, the Church honours on this day the one who proclaims Jesus as the Word made flesh and who is the disciple whom Jesus loved. John was one of the sons of Zebedee along with James who followed Jesus. John was there at the transfiguration of Jesus on the holy mountain, the part from which we heard our gospel reading. He was there with Jesus at the Last Supper. He was there with Jesus in his agony in the garden. He was there with Jesus and his mother standing at the foot of the cross. He was there with Jesus as a witness of his resurrection and he saw and believed. John was a witness to the word he proclaimed the word and he lived and died witnessing to the word made flesh, Jesus Christ, who loved him and whom he loved. I think that's a really inspiring uh, summation of John the Apostle and Evangelist. And we should be inspired by that, that every aspect of our lives, as we tell our story, we can realise that actually just as John followed Jesus, where we choose to, Jesus is with us at all sorts of events, at all sorts of moments in our life. And we can share that with others so that they know the need 
the gift of Jesus Christ in their lives. May Christ be with you today and as we head into this new year in all you do. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that we have come to know you in our lives, recognising that someone first helped us to understand what the Christian faith was all about. Someone first helped us to know your love. Someone first took the risk of sharing their own faith by what they said or did. We thank you for that person or those people through whom we made first contact with a living faith. We thank you for them now in the silence of our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we know that the church needs people to go on doing what was done for us, sharing faith in action or explanation. And so we pray for those who have a special gift in making the gospel relevant and attractive. We pray for those who have a special way of living that draws others to Christ. And we pray for those who have special opportunity for mission and sharing. And we ask that you help each of us to understand and be bold in those ways that we can share too. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we acknowledge our own difficulties in sharing faith fear of embarrassment, of seeming manipulative or losing the trust of friends. Give us instead hearts full of love and lives centred on Jesus Christ, so that our words and actions are all a piece, all of one piece and always Christian, so that we may find ourselves talking naturally of Christian things, in the way we respond to stories in the news in the way we handle issues in the workplace or family, in the way we defend the weak, in the way we care for the wounded, in the way we answer the question, what did you do on Sunday? Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we pray that this week we will be able in our work in our family, in our world, to show your love. We pray not just this week, but as we head into the new year, all those who are facing fear, uncertainty and other difficulties. We pray for the moments of peace and joy to filter into people's lives that they may blossom into something that spreads. And so we pray boldly for your love your peace and your joy to spread through our world. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Merciful Father, cast your bright beams of light upon the Church, that being enlightened by the teaching of your blessed Apostle and Evangelist St John, we may so walk in the light of your truth, that we may at last attain to the light of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your incarnate Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, 
one God, now and forever. Amen. We share together in the words our Saviour taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Thank you for joining me for Worship at Home. If you would like to receive weekly links to this podcast, you can get in touch through the website Spotify for Podcasters or directly at revlucylun at gmail.com. Goodbye.